Determine it may or may not stick. Workshop it's in the workshop. It. Workshop. Workshop, as you say, still don't know if you shop or not, but heavy on the shopping. Uh, heavy like on the a, shopping bag. More like a stop and shop guy. No pun. Heavy Bergen vibes. But um, you know who's <laughs> not shopping and stopping? You know what's stopping? I should say. Your guy. Who? Your guy. Bushima. <laughs> I'm slapping. Bushima. I'm slapping. Um, your guy, Doc Rivers. Is no longer the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Were you shocked by that? Nah, I'm not gonna hold you, but I was shocked. Why? I was shocked because you. This is this is a big move here, mm-hmm. because you know we all know the the narrative behind Doc Rivers and how much, um, you know how he's looked upon and viewed upon in the basketball community and especially the NBA. He's he holds a lot of you know credit, which I mean is fair to a certain extent, but. You know, you just wouldn't expect after one season with this kind of roster that they would unload Doc Rivers, who is, I mean, he he will be a Hall of Fame coach. For sure. He'll definitely be a Hall of Fame coach. I was a little, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this. I was surprised that it happened so quickly, but I'm not going to say that I'm against what they did. Now, before we get into that, I want to give Doc his flowers, first of all. <laughs> He's been a beacon. He's been a prominent voice. And he has been the, one of the few coaches that was in the bubble, you know, constantly talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, we saw the, the emotional um, clips throughout the bubble from him, you know, when, when, when things hit the fan as they have been during this time. And... For that, I, I give him a lot of credit. You know, wherever he lands, he obviously going to land on his feet. He's Doc Rivers. He's a name. But, 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 I'm getting a lot of people hitting my phone, man. A lot of people tweeting at me. At I hate hates, first of all. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> telling me he's not an overrated coach because I feel as though he is. I mean, <laughs> I feel like this is deja vu right now because I had the same thing last night. People in my mentions talking about career wins. In the playoffs? The playoffs? No, no, no. In the playoffs or? Regular season wins. Oh. The, you know the games that, you know, everybody gets the 82 of them things? Oh, those wins. Yeah, not the not the, not the not the games that, you know, only certain people are privy to. The ones where, you know, you're a Oh, the ones where you team. have like a minimum of four, a maximum of seven per round? Yeah. A.K.A. the playoffs? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I hear the word Doc Rivers, the name Doc Rivers, I should say, and it's a good coach, man. He can coach, but 
Can he get it done when it matters? That's the question I have. That's the stigma that surrounds him. And that's the thing that people are pushing against in my mentions and in my text. I don't see the case where, I don't see the argument rather where he's not or can't be considered an, an, an overrated coach. Can I, I give you, can I give you some, can, do, do you agree? Like, I, I, here's my thing. I like Doc. I really do. And I think, you know, for all the reasons that you said, you know, how, who, who he's been to the black community and especially the black basketball community, like he, 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 he's just been a staple there. And he's been a guy and a voice that we've needed um, in, in, a bevy of, uh, in a bevy of situations and for a bevy of reasons. But I would say when you look at it in totality, you take a macro view, he's overrated, goddammit. <laughs> and, 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 and it's bad because some of the reasons why he's overrated isn't entirely his fault. It's not. Cause like you, you get traded to the Clippers. <laughs> coach trade. Coach trade. Never, never anomaly remember. right there. But yeah. you get traded to the Clippers, and then you get granted Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Lob City. Lob City is what they told me. And you never make it out the second round. Never. 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 Not ever. Never. Not ever. Not near. Not never. <laughs> and it's like you know. At some point, you know, I'm, I'm having this conversation with people, and I'm asking, I say, all right, so if we start at 3 you know, he's up 3-1 against the Pistons. They lose that joint. 0-9 against the Magic, up 3-2. They lose that joint. 2010 versus my Lakers, <laughs> up 3-2, lose that joint. <laughs> 15, 2015 against the Rockets, 3-1. Josh Smith... Lefty shot, headband and all, come back from 3-1, get that guy out of there. And then the most recent one with Paul George, two first names, Pat Bev, he's a dog on defense, uh, six man of the year, not Lou Will, the other one, a.k.a. Montrezl Harrell, because, you know, that's all the all the six men have ties to the Clippers these days. And they have that, uh the claw, like that guy. They're up 3-1 against Denver. Nikola Jokic damn near had the Rona, <laughs> it looked like, when he dropped all that weight before the bubble started. Literally. And they lost to them, guys. The, the constant is Doc. Yeah, you might have some, you know, some big-name players who didn't show up. You know, so I'm not going to place all the blame on him. However. <coughs> cough, cough, Paul George. You know, like, I, I can't say... That Doc Ray, Doc Rivers is is in the upper echelon of coaches when Frank Vogel got more playoff wins than him right now. Chelsea. Franklin Vogel. Yates, you gotta chill with that. I'm just bro, saying over here throwing stuff out that people don't even know and aren't that's, even opening up their third eye to. Chill out, okay? Calm that's down. what I've been told. Settle down, man. sir. Settle that's what down. I've been told, and it's just like like I understand. I get it. It's Doc Rivers. Championship coach. But what we ain't going to do is hold on to that chip like the rest of the damn Clippers team is. Paul Pierce, you know, walking around hating on Brian. It's a different topic for a different day. But it's just like, like, I get it. I understand the name. I understand who it is. But at the end of the day, like, when you're supposed to be able to 
be the guy to galvanize your team and get you over that hump to be the to be the team that you should be better than that you're considered to be better than if you can't get that done how good are you really once the playoffs hit those are the those are the things that matter like those are the things that matter at the end of the day winning like just as just like the same way we hold players accountable bro for how they play in the playoffs and how you know whether they you know step up to the challenge and embrace the moment. Doc hasn't done that over his career. Yeah, he has that win uh, with the Celtics. Yeah, he went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 09. Won that job. Went to the finals and lost to Kobe, your guy. Hmm. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, other than that, what have you done for me lately? That's my question. And what he hasn't done is gotten to the goddamn finals. You know? <laughs> The other team in L.A. had all the hype. You know, Clippers, uh, yeah, cool. Nah, fam. Listen, Brian in the finals, again, he lives there, second estate. That's what he do. But it's on the Lakers now. Probably say third estate, third or fourth estate. I mean, the guy's, the guy's wealthy. <laughs> it's, it's, but, God damn it, he's staying in the, he's, in the NBA world. He's staying on the damn, in, 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 in the finals. And I'm going to say it now. I'm going Lakers in five. Can you talk me to six? You you need to. Can you talk me to six? Your guy. I want to see it. Your guy, Anthony Davis. That is my guy. Has to deal with Bam Adebayo, Mm -hmm. who is literally, we've already talked about, they're running running everything through him. Point point (laughs) center-ish. And not to mention... He is the anchor of that defense. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, and, which and, and, and is a very a, good and, defense. And, and here's the thing. Your guy, again, hates playing with his back to the basket. Mm-hmm. And this Miami team, they're not about to let you get to your spots and let you do what you want to do like soft-ass Jokic was doing. That's not about to happen. So let me ask you this. If, if the Lakers start... Dwight at the I five. Knew you, I was ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to do that. See how I know you? You slide devil, you. She did, she did, she. No. So if I start as the Lakers, mm-hmm. if I'm starting Dwight, yep. that puts AD at the four. Right. That's cool. What comes of the Heat's five? Do they change their five? Yeah, they change their five. They put Kelly Olynyk in there. Put you got him Kelly Olynyk at the who? Kelly Olynyk. Not at play, the four. He's going to play the five. Wow. They're going to put Bam at the four. Okay. So I, your guy still has to deal and put up with that grown man a Bam Bam. So what is what is, what is is Kelly going to do against Dwight? We're not posting up Dwight, but I'm just saying that I like Dwight's motor in that matchup more than I would like That's Kelly. That's cool. Kelly at the end of the day, if you're the Heat, you live with that battle. Because if D- Dwight's not about to kill you in the post. So we live with that battle. And Bam's still going to be down there banging, trying to get rebounds. Because your guy doesn't like the – he doesn't like that. He's not – he doesn't like the physicality of the game. That doesn't he – don't, he don't like that. He don't like that type of stuff. And then not to mention, Miami's got two snipers at the ready. <laughs> Locked and loaded and hunting your measly ass down. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Shoot high, Captain. But what I'm saying is <laughs> – I hear you. I feel like, like you know, I haven't seen Myers Leonard since he was in a Blazers uniform. This might be a series where he yeah. gets in the game. Yeah. But 
I, I, and Spolstra's that guy too. Like, if we're see, talking- that's the thing that that's the thing that makes me kind of wary on five. Not because I think the Lakers won't win this this series, because I do, but Spolstra knows that guy. You know, we're probably gonna see a little bit of the LeBron wall. You know, I can see I can see high screen rolls coming. I can see LeBron trying to come off them Jones. I can see the the guy who's guarding the screener. I can see him sinking to help aid in the drive. I can see the guy who's on the wing and help defense. I can see him shrink the floor to keep those driving lanes away I, and, and force LeBron into being a passer, which would mean Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope, without the ankle bracelet. They got to hit some shots in the finals, you know, because the wall is going to get built. We, I don't, we're going to see LeBron get through the lane for sure because, you know, walls deteriorate over time, <laughs> whether you like it or not. I don't know. The wall of China is still there. Yeah, erosion. <laughs> <laughs> erosion is probably worn down on the outside. Structurally sound, though. But I just think that the scheme that the Heat can run against our offense it can be effective. I think Spolstra can draw up something that can be effective. I don't know how much zone he'll go. I think, that, I think that was just for the Boston series because it was basically a guard game. And when you're playing a guard game, you can run a lot of zone, just like both teams did. True. And not to mention Spolstra and that chess match that he just had with, if not the best, one of the best coaches in the NBA, NBA right now, Brad Stevens. He won that matchup. So, oh, for sure. Spolster is incredible. No, he is. So that's what I'm saying. So they also have that. They they have the edge in the coaching area. And we know, we both know at the end of the day, the playoffs come down to coaching. Yeah, they do. But, you know, we have two head coaches. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> you know, Frank Vogel, J-Kid, you know, hopefully, you know, he ain't on the court knocking people over, trying to get extra timeouts and stuff like he <laughs> used to do. But, um. That's your guy. I, I, I. I can I can rock with that. I can rock with this Bolstra over over the Lakers brass. But end of the day, players have to play, and yeah. I feel as though the Lakers have too many multiple lineups that they can go. You know, they can go overtly big. We can go AD at the five, Morris twin at the four type ish. It's a lot of different lineups that we can throw out. But you know, the Heat have one of those teams where you check the box score and be like, damn, they all had twelve. And, like, yeah. you know, people go, oh, yo, he only had 12 points last night. But, like, if you're starting five, all has 12 points. That 12 felt like 24. It hurt. Because <laughs> in, like, in the baseline is 12, you know. Exactly. They, any given night, can give you five, six dudes with double figures. It's hard to guard. That means that they have a bunch of te- people on their team that can shoot, pass, and dribble. And so, that, but that that's an even bigger question to you and your team that I have is, do you are you how confident are you that you're gonna get production from guys like Rondo? Who I mean, he played decently in the last series, but Rondo, Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma, those guys are gonna have to elevate their play in this series if you guys are gonna do what you're supposed to do, which is win the NBA championship. See, see the guy that the guy that I'm looking at big time is that Kuzma guy. He's got to step up, bro. They chose him out of the three. Out of him, Ingram, and Lonzo. I don't know. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say they chose him. They chose him, bro. 
they chose. I don't. I disagree. I don't think. I think he was out of those three. He was the best fit for LeBron's style of play. Lonzo can't play off ball because he can't shoot. Yeah, he's I'm not really marginal either. offensively. Yeah. We saw Bi take the step, but in large part he had to go and be the focal point of the offense, get his mm-hmm. ball in spots. Kuzma can can score, you know, he can score and slash, he can score and move, he can catch and shoot a little bit. So I think he fits the most. But he has, 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 has to come to play in this series. Because he will get exposed very quickly. Like, if Jay Crowder's on him, which maybe that could be the matchup. It will. <laughs> you know, he's going to have to show some of that, 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 that toughness that he says that he has and that, you know, he 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 kind of swears. He by can't because, be on that. He can't be on that pretty boy LA shit. No, you can't be. You can't be. You can't be timid Kuzma with the blonde hair, cute tats, and all that stuff. It's cute. And the light pink suit. It's cute. It's cute. You look cute, bro. <laughs> but you gotta go who? For sure. You know, because this this isn't this isn't the the the, the story. This isn't that. This is the starry, you know, romantic <laughs> finals. This is gonna be a gritty. It's not La La Land. Physical finals, and he has to step up. He has to step up because if he doesn't. It's going to have to be the Lakers' third best player is going to have to be a, a collective, and it's been that in the finals so far. But he has to he has to do something more than what he's been doing right now. Otherwise, it's going to be a long series, and it might. Who knows where it can go? I don't know if the Heat can score enough if the Lakers look locked in, but you know we'll see. All I know is playoff Rondo's a thing. No, oh, yeah. I've been liking the way Rondo, Rondo's been hitting threes. I was like, okay, Rondo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. He's he been doing what he needed to do. No, but he has. He's been doing what he needed to do. That's what he does. He In the playoffs, wherever. I mean, you know, you got Hoodie, Hoodie Mello and all that You're welcome, stuff. Doc Rivers. Rondo, Rondo's playing well. He's playing well. And it's going to be interesting to see what the, Heat, what the Heat do. Not only in the finals, but... Call me crazy, but I think that they can somehow, some way, land a free agent. Because who's going to say no to Pat Riley? You know? Like, it, it ain't going to be Giannis. Although, I do think he might dip, too. Because it's one thing to say you're going to go into the luxury tax. It's another thing to say you're going to open up a checkbook. But championship pieces, do they want to go to Milwaukee? Who knows? No. But I think... Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, I think he's for sure out off of a multitude of different reasons. And I can see him somehow, some way, finding his way down there to Miami to play dominoes with Jimmy Butler and get right with Pat Riley. That's what I think could happen. Do you see – where do you see him go? I, know, I don't – Wait, I know, I know. I think I think Victor Oladipo is going to end up with the Sixers. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I look, mean, at your, I, look at your face. I mean, I was eventually going to get there. Yada, yada, yada. But do I... I, I okay, I, I can't not be a homer in this situation, God damn it. I need a, I need a guard. <laughs> I need Y'all something. Bench? Never mind. Yeah. Keep going. We're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he's shooting in the gym yet. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We ain't, we ain't with him, that's for sure. Definitely not with him. But anyway, I, I think the Clippers actually might be a solid... Solid destination for him. So look, you get really? rid of you get rid of Pat Bev because oh you got them you got them shipping guys out. Yeah, because okay. if you think about it now, okay, the Clippers don't have a first round pick at all, mm-hmm. but they do have a second rounder and they have a lot of roster depth. They do have depth. 
I mean, they, they told me that's why they're going to go to the... Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> but when you have a guy in a Victor Oladipo and you bring him in and you make him your starting point guard that now adds another element of offense, now that takes less pressure off the claw and Paul George, which we talked about earlier, and it allows you to just have a little more free flow. You can't sag off of the point guard and, and help guard either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Now you gotta play. You gotta play three dominant players. You gotta play straight up, and if, and if, and if, and if, it put it strains on a team's defense having three guys out there who can put the ball on the floor and can catch and shoot. That's true. That's true. I don't know if I can see him going to L.A., um, but I do see him for sure leaving. Like if I had to put put the teams in not necessarily an order, but a destination. I can see I can see him going to Miami. I can see him somehow, some way, if y'all get y'all shit together, maybe ending up in Philly. I can see a dark horse team like the Mavs making a run at him. Because they need something too. They need a little bit of you know I mean and and yeah, since I, we who you gonna you gonna take the ball out of Lucas' hands? I don't need to take the ball out of Lucas' hands. He gonna have that rock. Victor can be off ball and go get buckets. Go get you 20, 24 a game. You can do that. You cool. Yes, I can give away. He don't have to be Matthews. ball dominate because you got to think. Luka's going to command attention. Whoever X shooter is, we can, it can be Seth Curry, for example. He can he can draw someone out. And then you still got Porzingis, who's going to cre- who's going to be able to stretch the floor for you and open up driving lanes, driving kicks. I could see him potentially ending up on a team like that. But I know for one thing, he is damn sure not going to be on the on, on the Pacers. I mean, the Mavs do have the 18th overall pick in the in the first round, so I they mean, got some. They, I mean, they have it. I have mean, the Sixers, it. bro. The Sixers have limited roster depth, which we know, but they've got five picks in this upcoming draft. They have a first round pick, mm-hmm. and they have four second round picks. That's true. It would be interesting to see. All I know is he's out of there. I I mean, I, I I would like to see him go to Miami. I think Miami is dope. I didn't think about Miami, I feel, but that I, was really. I mean, I, like, can I, you you're not gonna turn down Pat Riley? No, you know, can. and if and if Mark Cuban come calling, shit, that the Sixers knew that. That's why they they didn't want Jimmy Butler going down there talking to Pat Riley. They should have never let him lead a city. They tried. They tried to strong arm me. Yada yada yada. You should have kidnapped him. Should have should have put a, a a chair on the door like like they did DeAndre over over in Dallas. I remember that. Wasn't that crazy? That was one of the best times in Twitter in, in NBA Twitter history. And and <laughs> and you know, quick tidbit. I want to give a huge shout out to Mark Cuban. Literally. You know, Delonte West has had a troubled troubled <sighs> career post the NBA. You know, he's. He looks bad, man. He looks bad on the corners. You're seeing videos of him popping up, looking homeless, you know. And it's kind of weird to see, you know, all the the camaraderie and stuff that's, you know, being talked about in the NBA. And one of their own is, you know, out on the street. Like, you don't see that too often. You don't see people who are in professional sports go from top of the world recognizable in, in, in the mall to viral jokes. You know, and Mark Cuban pulled up, found him, put him up in the Tesla, said, yo, I'm going to get this guy some rehab. We're going, we, I'm going to do it. You know, like, I don't know who put the bug in his ear or if he just did it out of the kind of his, of his heart, but. 
Well, you know, he used to be a Mav, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we yeah, that's true. But he also used to be a Heat. You know? He used to be a Cav. Yeah. Dan Gilbert, you talking all... We're going to go win the championship before the broad up. One of your own players that was on your roster, you, you're not... Why? Why is it Mark? Why is it? Why is the onus on Mark Cuban? I don't know. Mark Cuban went from uh, what Dallas was he to to L.A. Where he was, or was he was he in Dallas? Or I'm not sure where he was, but I'm glad that he went to go and do that. You know, I felt some type of way when Mark Cuban made the comments about you know if I was walking down the street and saw somebody in the hoodie, I'm crossing the street too, and all that blah blah blah. You know the the issues with the Mavs front office, but. I will say Mark Cuban is a very proactive person. When things hit the fan, right, wrong, or indifferent, he comes out, he makes a statement, and he vows to correct it. No, literally, even with that sexual assault stuff yeah. that happened within And it gets corrected. Yeah. So shout out to him. Shout out to what he's doing. Hopefully Delonte, Delonte can can keep it going, get back on track, you know, and start to look. Hopefully that rehab works, man. Man, because that's, you know, I mean, he. That stuff ain't, that's, that shit ain't no joke, bro. It's tough, man. It's a tough. <laughs> it's a tough thing to to deal with, and it's a very it's an even tougher thing to see, especially when it's someone that you've that you've seen, you know, be successful, be successful. Like we saw him playing well, you know, we saw him in the NBA doing right, like, and we saw him at St. Joe's when we were children. So it's like, exactly, you know, we we kind of saw his career mature to him making to the league, and now. He's in a tough spot, so shout shout out to Mark Cuban, for sure for getting that done. Because mm. it's tough, man. But um, bad job. Yeah, so it's, it's a very bad job. It's a very bad tremendously job. bad job. It's a very bad job. And um, another bad job. The Vikings got a bunch of Rona out here. They drawn with the Rona. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Eight folks. Couple coaches. Eight couple players. Eight. Not eight ever. The eight, but. <laughs> I don't know what that means for the league. It's a it's an ever changing story right now. You know, I don't know how the protocols are gonna gonna be affected or how they come into a, how they come into play. But you know, from a a, 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 a calm, non analytical standpoint, my first thought is just, well, damn, how many people came in contact with those guys, and how many people did those people come in contact with? When it happened? When did it start? When did they find out? Contact tracing is going to be the most prominent thing over the next, what, 72 hours? Literally. Because we need to know, like, what's going to happen? They're shut down until Saturday. Are we going to get them? Are they? Is this going to be the first NFL game we're not going to get to, get to see? It's got to be, bro. There's no way that they play a game on Sunday. You can't have So you're a- saying no chance? There's no way. <laughs> Like literally none, because bro, there's no way you there's eight guys that test about like okay the situation last that happened last week with Atlanta and one guy testing positive and it was caught early he wasn't involved in practice they were able to figure that out no other guys tested positive they were able to play but eight guys and then contact tracing those eight guys and then contact tracing those. Those people that they were they they came in encounter with, bro. There's no way. There's no way. And if they do it, that's on the NFL for being sneaky and conniving 
and I told you, I money hungry capitalists. Because there's you. no way, bro. No way. I just, I I agree. I agree. I mean, I would, I selfishly would love to see the game. I got some fantasy implications. I need to, you know, I gotta get them. I gotta win. I want to win. But I'm not gonna be selfish if I take a step back. I actually, damn, I think I got the Vikings D. Damn, that's drunk. Now you you do fantasy now. I am the fantasy. <laughs> the devil is a liar. I just don't. I don't see the game happening. Yeah, I can't, bro. I don't see the game happening. Like, no. Even even if they're like, yeah, like, we're gonna let y'all play. How does that How does that week of prep look? There is none. Cause you haven't been on on campus. You haven't been nowhere. You haven't been. You haven't been on. The, You've on. been quarantined. I'm pretty sure they've all been quarantined. If the facilities are shut down. And it's it's tough because it's it's put, it's going to put a damper on. A high that we're coming off of in the NFL, like we just saw Mahomes and and Lamar Jackson 3.0, and you know it was a funny little con- conversation we was hearing today. A lot of people, you know, piping up the game beforehand. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, MVP on Super Bowl MVP, and then the game was kind of a kind of a downer. One guy was snapping. Yeah. The other guy might have been napping a little bit. 97 passing yards. For Lamar Jackson, it's tough. I think he just had an off day, bro. And to be honest, I think he it was getting to him. Like, the moment. I think, you think so? I think he got lost in the moment. Because you know you don't see that from Lamar. You don't see him go out there. And, and it's not like Kansas City has this crazy... Secondary. I mean, you got the honey badger back there who who who's a lurker. He likes to lurk. Solid. He likes to dip on dab on those things. He's solid. But he had guys open. He he had Hollywood Brown to. They were down, I think, ten at that time or fourteen, and he had a chance to come back in that game, and he missed Hollywood Brown on a wide open uh fly route. You can't. Carson did the same thing this week. You can't miss those throws. You don't get those throws every day in the NFL. They're an anomaly. It's and hard. when you see them, you have to capitalize. That's, that's, that's the that's the that's the difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback. Is when you when you when opportunities arise, you capitalize time in and time out. That's what Tom Brady's has always done. That's what Peyton Manning has always done. And that's what Patrick Mahomes does. That's what he's doing, and he's doing it at an alarming clip. Andy Reid's out there playing NFL Street. Oh my God, I love that man. Do you? Do you see those formations? I, I just miss that. It's it's. You see the motion. You see the. You see the creativity on a fullback play. The the flip toss. Oh my God, I love that Andy it's, shit. Andy Andy's tough with that man. It's, it's 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 like it's like watching. It's like watching the Globetrotters play sometimes Literally. when you watch the Chiefs or like you know those those warrior teams when like they're down in the, in at halftime they're down in the third quarter and you're like damn they they down 20 right now they'll be cool in 4 minutes and then KD hits 4 Curry hits 4 Clay hits 4 they're up 22 literally you watch the Chiefs play Mahomes hot 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 handoff Clyros Lair 20 some yards. Next play, you see Tyreek Hill streaking down the side. Then you see Travis Kelsey in the scene. You got McCole Harmon going down the line. And it's just like, 
You got Demarcus Robinson just randomly catching touchdowns here and there. You have so many weapons, and it's like it's a track team over there. It's hard for me to say this is any type of rivalry. It's not. Because for it to be a rivalry, you got to beat me once. If I came to your crib every day, kicked your ass in Madden for two weeks. Which would never happen. But I don't know about that. But if I did that, <laughs> if you didn't beat me once, it can't be a rivalry. That's me being a bully. <laughs> I'm bullying you. Because you know what's coming. Yeah. You know what's coming. And I think that's the problem that the Ravens have because when they get down in the game, people know what's coming. They start fluttering. They know what's coming because what? You can open a playbook up. You can throw the ball downfield, but it looks like Lamar still needs some time to hit certain passes. Those intermediate, those those outside the number, Jones, because you can't, like, they beat everybody else in the NFL most weeks with that style of play. Running down your throat, physicality, physical offense. I mean, physical defense, physical offense, too. I mean, the problem, but I think the problem with last night was their turnovers. You can't be fumbling the ball, giving. You absolutely cannot give the Chiefs extra possession. You cannot give, because then that now puts you down. And when you get down on the Chiefs, them boys over there are coming with their ears pinned back. And they don't, they don't, because they know you can't run the ball. You, they know that, they know how, how power, they know how high power offense they have. And they also know. That you know how high powered their offense is. So you're gonna have to start throwing the ball and scoring as quickly and swiftly as you can. Do they call? Do they call God? I mean, do they call Antonio Brown? Yes. No. No. No? No. Why not? He's been working out with the brothers all offseason. Your, your guys would call to call call him in a second. Speed dial, number one, number two, and number three over there in Philly if y'all need Nah, Lurie not doing that. It's not about for the team, for the sake of Lamar Jackson, for the sake of the Ravens, for the sake of that offense. They need to call him. Because if they're not going to call him, the Texans are going to call that guy. But, bro, that's not what their offense is predicated on. They we need, just talked about their offense being predicated on Running the football. That's cool, but you can also see that when they get down, their offense is predicated on struggling because they cannot muster up offense consistently to go get that to go down the field. You cannot run the ball down the field when you're down multiple scores because you're playing into the leading team's hand. But you also don't have a quarterback back there who is a spectacularly accurate quarterback. That's completely and okay. Also, and you also don't. You're also not bringing in a wide receiver who has a large catch radius. It's not about him having a hard. That uh, matters. It's not, but it's not about him having a large catch radius because even if Lamar Jackson is inaccurate when Antonio Brown is on the field, that defense knows who he is. Those schemes are going to be shaded towards Antonio Brown, which leaves the Mark Andrews of the world, the Hollywood Browns of the world. It leaves those guys' chances to have better matchups, more real estate, and it can help the scheme of the offense. Because if they don't go get him, the Texans are going to call that guy. Because they already blew it. Shit, they need to. They already blew it. Got my guy. 
D Hop, I fear God. I would fear him too if I was him because he don't he don't drop the ball. Lord Jesus, a fire. <laughs> he don't drop the ball. I think the NFL might have dropped the ball because they have every intention of playing this Titans Steelers game. By the way, that's what they're telling me. That's what I just saw on the on the ticker. So what do you think now about that? <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> but There's they, they no way they should, bro. But and, and like I also said, money hungry capitalists. We. So, I mean, should they ethically? No. Way in hell. Will they? They're it's say, 2020. They're, say, they're saying, look, Who's our man. President? They say a worst case scenario. Who's our president? I, he ain't my president. Your president. He's a president. Happens to be the, like the United States president. I, Which I, I reside. I believe. Um, yeah, they're saying, look, we have every intention of playing a game on Sunday. In worst case scenario. Plan B is to play the game on Monday, which I'm cool with. I'm cool with seeing double games on Monday, but for the sake of the Rona, I'm 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 out. I'm out. He got to be off that wet wet. I'm out. I just got to be off wet, bro. I mean, it's it's tough. It's a risk. Oh, for sure, it's a risk. Do you? I don't think. Do like it's an immense risk. It's a unneeded risk. Like the whatever you lose from not having the game this week. There's no, there, there's, it's not even close to how much you would lose if, because you play this game on Monday, you contract more players with COVID, and now you have to stop more games. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, we're in uncharted territory, man. Like it's, like I could see them be like, yeah, like you know, if we don't get this joint off the ground Sunday or Monday, maybe we can throw that throw that game on a, on a Thursday night. But then it's like, so what happens to the matchup on Sunday that they have to play, you know? If they if, if they have to play on Monday instead of Sunday, how does their recovery week look, you know? How does there, – there's just so many moving parts, you know. NFL players need that time off. They need that rest. They need that 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 uh, that the rest and help for their bodies because – It's different. We've already seen injuries out the wazoo already. And that can only make it worse. And I guess they're thinking, I mean, well, if we, you know, don't play this game, you know, the the opinion of the fans and stuff, they're not gonna they're gonna lose confidence in the fact that what are we doing? Players may lose confidence, players may wanna opt out and, and not play the season anymore. So I mean I get that and I, I understand that. But you also have to be thinking about what's the best thing for these players and their well being. And if not playing is it, then that's it. Like they, more guys will respect the fact that you aren't gonna play a game because you're trying to protect the masses than trying to force feed a game down people's throats and and risk hundreds of players' lives. Because that's what it would be: hundreds, 50, 53 man roster, mm-hmm. yeah. a game, two games technically, which means more than one hundred players. My question is. Are they going to let us know, or not even us? That we don't we don't deserve to know because you know that's their business. But are they going to let the other NFL teams know who the people are who have the Rona, and then go go from there because they have a right to know? Like I don't. I mean, see there. I don't know if it really. I don't think other teams. I mean, teammates should definitely know. Oh, the teammates should know for sure. But I'm saying the team who just played the Vikings. Oh, it, they need to know. I mean, like, were those guys playing in the game? Yeah. You know, like that's what we need to know. Or at least that, and that much. I, I mean, I don't think they should maybe release. Like, don't names tell us the guys. names. We don't need to know them. 
we don't need to know what the names were, but you know, I I just I just don't know what they do. I would rather if anyone knows the names, I would rather the the NFL team say the names, you know. Yeah. And and that's been a theme for months now. Say her name. You know, in light of Brianna Taylor getting wrongfully killed by the police during a no-knock warrant. You know, and <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, I, I, I see certain people, you know, commenting on this. People that look like us. They got way more money, though. They rich, rich. They don't look as good as us, though. Nah, bald old guy. Yeah, you know, but <sighs> I just like. I, I saw I, I saw I saw Charles Barkley, you know, have, have, trying to say basically more or less we can't consider this situation we can't lump this situation in with the different situations with the other situations. One we shouldn't have that many in the first place, but that's another conversation. <laughs> but he's saying, you know, oh, we can't really say like this is the same thing that happened to George Floyd because. Her boyfriend shot at the police, and that's just stupid. You don't do that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we know you don't do that. We know you don't shoot at the police. We've all played Grand Theft freaking Auto. You get stars when you do that. <laughs> and they're going to come, and they're going to come, and they're going to come. I get it. You don't, shoot the, you don't shoot the police. We don't. We know. We know. We understand that. But that is not a justification for you. That's not an opportunity for you to turn around and start saying, oh, well, like, this specific instance of police brutality should go under this umbrella in this category because now what you're doing is you're dividing you're dividing people who already feel indifferent on the issue see the black guy said this isn't that bad because this didn't happen but this one did no they're all wrong and how do you think Brianna Taylor's family feels right now I'm sure they've watched some form of the NBA shine a light on her situation and the WNBA shine a light on her situation. Shout out to the WNBA. Because they've been holding it down since day one. Day one. <laughs> Way before every other league decided they was going to do this and that in the fifth. But how do you think, though, that family feels? They happen to catch you at, at, at halftime in the game or, or post-game and you try to tell us, ah, it was wrong, but. There's no but. If that was your sister, you wouldn't be on TV saying, "Yeah, my sister was wrongfully killed." But you know, you're not going. You're going to have a different type of emotion because at the end of the day, she did nothing wrong. We know that she was sitting there laying sleeping in her own crib. I just, I just don't like that. I don't like that that those comments are being said, and that's the yay segment. <laughs> if you was wondering, if you were wondering, you know when we finally got to it, we had to get it out early. the The topic at hand because the yay segment, you know, for those who don't know, it's about you know controversial topics in the world, whether it be sports related or or things that just you know catch our eye. Billy's a political genius, some would say. I like that. Ew! I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I t- I t- Billy just likes to talk about <laughs> shit. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like we, we, we have this segment because, you know, we like to think of ourselves as, as, as more than just sports guys. Not literally. 
And I don't know how you feel about what Chuck said. I mean, bro, this this literally comes back. It, it literally comes back full circle because 2020, I don't know. I don't know about for most of y'all out there, but 2020 for me has really let me see how unempathetic people can be. If and it don't affect me, I don't give a fuck. That's how a lot of literally. But but like that is that has like that has been the underlying reason for so many issues that we've seen come to light this year. Oh, you could take it even further back to you know when Flint doesn't have clean water. Still, nah. it's still, huh. still. It's been how long? Who knows, man? I ain't no mathematician, but it's been more than five years, and that's way too long Definitely for anybody in America, the great state, the great country of America, to not have clean water. Bruh, like that, like that, like that, that's the whole issue. And the fact of, you know, Chuck going on national TV and saying what he said is just wrong. Like, in all facets, wrong. Nobody's saying you can't feel like that. No one said you can't have an opinion. But you also have to realize things, things are about timing. <laughs> timing is key in everything that we do. Well. So for you to go on there after she was just, after ruling had just came out and justice had was clearly not served. Whatever that word means. Because I don't know what justice is for my people and me. <laughs> and God damn it, I'm scared for, <coughs> for the people that I produce myself. God damn it. <laughs> it. I just, but it's just wrong for <laughs> Chuck to do that, man. Like he's just got, like you just gotta. And I get it when you're on, when you're in that platform, man. It, it sometimes it blinds you because you feel as though you can say anything. You're invincible. You're just, you know, giving your opinion, and that's cool when it's about ball and it's about hoops. But these are people's lives. Like these are like that. That's somebody's family that's got to hear you say that on national TV about their the- dead daughter. And then hear the corresponding and subsequent reactions like, see, I told you. Literally. And like, like you said, there's a time and place for everything. And especially in 2020. As a black man who has a platform like Chuck has, if you feel that way, cool. But do not, you can't give the I told you so people the ammunition at a time when the black person has the ear of almost the entire world. Mm. You know, if you feel that way, cool. Say that in your group chat, Chuck. Say that in a break. Or say it in a break and and bounce, bounce your comments off of somebody who will be like, hey, fam, that's not it. Or say, you know, don't 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 frame it with the typical yeah, but literally, and and, and that's what and I think you can say this statement completely different. You can say, "Yo, it is incredibly incredibly sad that Breonna Taylor got killed wrongfully." The thing I would love people to remember is you cannot shoot at the police. That at least comes across a little bit more sensitive. But the yeah, but is a trigger literally. everywhere for people. Who feel as though our lives still don't matter. And that's th- that cannot be the thing that black men who have that 
position in that platform, they cannot put out that type of message, even if you feel that. Because the bigger issue at hand is us taking this moment and put and progressing it forward. You don't have to tell us that you don't shoot at the police. We know that shit. Don't get on TV talking about, oh, well, you know, if we if we defund the police, who the black people going to call? Ghostbusters? Shit, Ghostbusters might help us out more. Real shit. <laughs> who do you call? Just because you are a, a wealthy man in a different in a different tax bracket. <laughs> I don't know if I should talk about taxes right now. Anyway, right. but <laughs> Just because you're in that, you're you're rubbing shoulders with different people. You can't forget that you, at the end of the day, you might still be that token rich black guy to your white friends, to your white counterparts. Now, maybe you don't have the quote unquote that type of white person in your circle, but you have to remember at the end of the day, no matter what your status is, no matter how successful you are, what you're doing, which car you're driving, what you're wearing, you're still a black man at the end of the day. And you can't get on TV pushing a message of, yeah, but. It can't be a thing. No, you're 100% right. And, like, this is the stuff that we're talking about when, like, we're talking, like, in the within the black community, and we're talking about coming together and being cohesive. Like, you have to, you have to know how your words are going to be manipulated in today's time. That's, I mean, that, that's what we used to come to. And, Chuck, you've been... On TV for too many years to not understand how your words can be misconstrued and manipulated for somebody else's argument. Like, you're too old for that. Too old for that. So, like, you've got to, like, know what you're going to say and how it's going to be perceived and know how you meant it. And say how, and say how you meant it. And make sure that the message that you're trying to convey is the one that you're trying to convey. And, like, even if you feel... Because like we're you- not trying to suppress... Like, we're not trying to suppress... What Chuck is feeling, or no, how he, or how he thinks, because what he said wrong. is right. You exactly. do not shoot at the police, but you can't, you can't say that statement, and the words <laughs> that come before it is yeah, but and or also, but, but and also, can we like abolish this this notion that defunding the police oh means goodness. getting rid of the police? Ain't never because been. Chuck. You're literally continuing to you're pushing push a the- narrative <laughs> that is false. <laughs> And completely untrue. Defunding the police literally means not allocating a certain amount of funds and decreasing the amount of funds that are allocated to the police force and then taking those funds and pushing them into things like schools, which have been inner city schools, which have been chronically defunded and or shut down over the last three or four years in almost every inner city. And you know... You know what's crazy about what you're talking about right now? Chuck said something about the communities and rich white communities. They don't have a lot of police because of X, Y, Z. Well, that's because I, I I would bet my bottom dollar. Shit, I bet my bottom $17,000 if I had them all. That, that those communities that he's speaking of are the communities that have already defunded the police. Because, like you said, it's reallocating funds. We're not trying to take away the police department. That's ridiculous. But Idiotic, one would but, say. But for a mental health <laughs> issue, we should be able to have a hotline or someone to call who specializes in handling 
mental health issues. The police do not need to get called for those type of things. They're not trained to be mental health experts. I don't know what the fuck they're trained to do anyway because of what we're seeing happen over and over again. But for Chuck to go out there and say, like you said, defunding the police, we can't do this, call Ghostbusters. No, bro, that's not what it is. You're pushing the narrative of those people who are like, why would we defund the police? Not even understanding that that's simply saying reallocate those funds. Philadelphia police don't need a $700 million police budget. They don't. Not while schools are simultaneously being shut down. And also not while state schools in the state of Pennsylvania, like East Stroudsburg, stuff like that, uh, Westchester's, hey. have are, have understaffed uh, mental health um Therapists at their at their universities. Put that understaffed. Money, put, literally understaffed. Have two full time mental health professionals on campus for over what? How many how many kids would you say? <laughs> it's a lot. Ten thousand kids, maybe. Over maybe ten thousand. Probably more. It's a lot. And it's like like, that's the type of stuff that we're talking about where funds can be reallocated to. Those are state-funded schools yeah. that need more funding in those areas that matter. And, def- and, and and reallocating those funds allows the community to become a healthy, strong, and stable community. Because you have the resources available for everything. Even So say you have a $600 million budget for a police department. Even if you slash that joint a half and you take $300 million and you put it back into the community, back into the schools, back into the housing, back into the, the roads and, and the jobs and all that stuff. It's a self-sustaining thing. The, the, the community is going to be, the whole angle of how the community thinks is going to go up. Crime probably is going to go down. People aren't going to wake Hello. up upset every day. People aren't going to be like... Damn, man, I gotta help my I gotta help my child with the with the with the um the the, the homework again, and I don't even understand it that that well myself. You know, you have you you put that money back into the community, you have programs for for everything that you need, from all the people within your community, from the children to the toddlers to the teens to the young adults to the adults to the elderly. That's what defunding the police would help. No one's going to say, oh, we're going to take the police away. It's going to be a lawless land. No. Why? why what? That doesn't even make sense. It's not even practical. It's not practical. <laughs> they want that so they can, you know, go out and, and have have and have at it. But I just don't think I'm not I'm not even going to say I don't think I'm not for black men in the power in position with the platform like Charles Barkley. Going out and saying the yeah buts in a time of where unity. Di- in a time of unity where division is so prominent. We cannot have that. It's not the wave. Do better, please. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not asking. I mean, I'm not asking for too much. I'm not. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully to the be unity. determined. <laughs> it is to be determined. <laughs> It is to be determined. That was to be determined. It's been a good, good day. A great, great day. Great day. Great day. My Lakers come on tomorrow. Or do they? They do. (laughs) I'm off. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ew, yo. Alright. Yeah, dude's over here. LL licking his lips. We gotta sign off, man. <laughs> I'm cool, Jay. The ne- <laughs> yes. What you want me to do? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> to be determined. The next episode is to be determined. <laughs> and that's how we're leaving it. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this, man.